Hello and welcome to 27 Retails Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Panels. Inflation, purchase power defense, e-commerce or customer experience. These are just some of the parameters that retailers have to juggle with today. And today, my guest comes from a major player in the food retail industry. Alexandros Boussis, Senior Vice President Commerce and Marketing at Deleuze Belgium, discusses with me about all these different aspects. As you will hear, he was very candid and open about the current crisis and how Deleuze reacts in the current circumstances. Well, without further ado, here's our chat. Well, good morning, Alexandros. Uh, welcome to the show. Good morning, Vincent. Um, let's start immediately with uh, the first question that I always love to ask to, to all my guests. Um, what do you identify as the main trends on the, on the market and, and perhaps maybe highlight the ones that Deleuze is concentrating on? Well, I think in the last years, we, we have seen several trends uh, indeed. And, and I will start first with the fact that we see that we have more and more sell of solutions rather than products. And this starts with the proximity dimension of your stores, but um, also e-commerce services with a, a strong evolution of uh, home delivery and especially in Belgium. But you also see new players entering into the market with very clear USP on the, on the last mile but also digital interactions, personalization, hyper-personalization. Then you have uh, the awareness around health and the willingness to eat better and uh, change our habits. Uh, customers, they want to know what they eat, what are the ingredients and uh, where are they coming from? And I think we see more and more the responsibility of consumption and the impact on the planet. Um, and we see that uh, this awareness is growing drastically among the, the younger generation. What we also see is the growing, uh, the local encourage, uh, and not only, I'm not talking only about local products, but more in general, the ethnic diversity, mostly in big cities like uh, Brussels or Antwerp here in Belgium. Okay. And of course, last but not least, the buying power. Um, I think there we also see a very strong evolution, a very strong concern from, uh, from customers. Uh, and a change in the way they behave due to this concern around prices and, uh, and buying power. Um, well, it's, it's, it's good that you mentioned, uh, that you mentioned uh, the purchase power because uh, this is actually my next question. Um, I, I wonder, do you notice any change in, in the habits of consumers nowadays because of these concerns? Are they, are they buying less? Are they buying more with a different mindset or how is it going? Well, yes, I think there is a, a clear change in behavior on the customer side the last uh, six to, to eight months. First, what we see is that more than 50%, so one of, out of two customers are buying less products or cheaper alternatives. Okay. Um, this means that while during COVID, we saw branded products growing fast, now private label products are accelerating again. Uh, the first cut customers do for the budget is all around new discoveries, inspiration, pleasure products. Um, what we also see on, uh, on promotions, uh, same promotions compared to last year, we do today 20 to 30% more sales. So it means that customers are even more important for customers uh, and it's a higher part of the of their wallet. And of course, then you have customers um, constantly comparing prices between retailers, but also between countries. And you see that customers are ready to drive maybe one hour to, to, to find cheaper purchases. 
Oh, that uh, interesting. I, I, it was going to be another question, actually, uh, indeed. And and I, uh, you just mentioned that that you do uh, more promotions and, and consumers are uh, looking at it. Uh, I was wondering because you do communicate quite a lot as a retailer, as all with all the initiatives that you take to help and maintain this level of purchase power. Um, but do you agree with some critics who say that all the measures that you guys take are just PR stunts that you don't lower the prices? And that the promos are not real promos, for example. Well, I think everybody is talking about prices today, or, or at least they are trying to talk about. Um, some really do something tangible to address or to support the buying power, and some others do less evident things, I would say. It's true that, as you said, uh, today you have like some PR stunts. Um, on topic like buying power, but also on topics like sustainability. But let's ve- let's be very honest here. Uh, this kind of practice can put in danger the credibility of your brand. And this is not something that you need in these times of crisis. Uh, we have recently launched our new concept around prices with a small lion, small prices. I can tell you that we had different organizations and, and customers doing checks if we really decreased our prices or not and if our promise was right. And we are happy they did so at the end because it reinforced your promise to customers. Because today uh, you see customers, they have full transparency on all kinds of information and they are much more demanding. And in a world where you have social media uh, as part of the daily life of customers, they can read, they can react. It's crucial to be fair and transparent. Um, And whatever you do, you need to accept that it will never be enough. This is the crisis reality uh, because customers, they want everything and they want now. But we all know that at the end, the customer is the one who decides if you are right or not. Good, actually a very good point to mention that transparency is, is key in that, in that regard. And um, you, you just mentioned it's never going to be enough, but do you think that, that more can be done and that we can expect more uh, efforts made by, by, by retailers or, or by the less, uh, for example? I think you need to say what you do. Uh, for, for instance, at the Les, we have put a lot of attention on our brand reputation in the last years. Um, mm-hmm. And especially because our purpose is to address decisively hot topics like health, like sustainability, but now also on the buying power. And we are very clear in our, in our purpose with very concrete actions to change the world, I would say, but with authenticity and humility. And this has helped us to increase our reputation to the highest level. Okay, um, and, and I next moving on to the third party of, of this equation, because we mentioned yourself as retailers, what do you guys do, uh, what the consumers uh, do now and, and how they react. But uh, as a supplier, as a branded manufacturer, I expect that many of them are also affected by the crisis. Uh, they see their uh, costs rising, so they must all come and knock on your door. To, to ask, yeah, can we increase the price because of this or this or this, or because of this current crisis, we, we cannot get the raw materials that we want. Um, so, and, and especially now we are in September, October. So it's uh, the, the period of negotiations for 2023. Do all these aspects actually affect your relationship with the retail, with the suppliers as well? Because we all remember, for example, Danone uh, recently. Well, I think first, we, we all know the, the legal frame we have, right? And food retailers are the ones and only ones deciding on the, on the selling prices. Mm-hmm. Then I think 
customers cannot be the end receiver of all the accumulated inflation generating through the entire chain. Uh, there are limits in what's acceptable in terms of price increases. And sometimes we feel this is not entirely understood by the different stakeholders. This means also that food retailers cannot absorb this inflation either, because beyond the prices of the product, we have our own costs like energy, distribution costs. You know very well that we have automatic indexation of salaries in Belgium. Um, and this of course leads to some difficult discussions with our suppliers, but uh, we take our responsibility to be fair, but at the same time uh, strict and, uh, and make choices. And we have examples where we simply stop the collaboration with the suppliers due to unsustainable inflation. Okay. Um, I was uh, also wondering, uh, because with this, this current crisis uh, affecting the purchase power for everyone, do you believe that, that there's going to be more adjustments made by consumers, uh, perhaps because you, you mentioned health, at the beginning of the, the conversation, do you, mention, do you believe that they will say uh, in the future, maybe we're going to ch choose the cheaper product rather than the healthy ones, uh, or also maybe pay less attention to uh, sustainable products and, and buy ones which are just well, cheaper? Actually, I like pretty much your question because this is today my biggest concern as leader in the food retail. Um, okay. the, the last years, there has been a strong evolution on the way customers behave and eat with a strong emphasis on health and sustainability. That's reality. And we also have from our side seen our healthy sales growing year on year. Mm -hmm. Today with the, with the issue around buying power, we see already some divergent trends uh, and people are moving to cheaper food, less healthy. And this is not something that we can accept. Um, I was two weeks ago in the US with my colleagues from our US brands And they explained to me that in some areas, they see a significant switch already towards junk food. And we have a responsibility to inspire customers to eat better. And we need to give buying power to customers, but at the same time, try to give a sense to this buying power to make it more relevant. And for instance, this is also why we, um, what we started with our loyalty program at Deleuze, we, we, we started the discount scheme where actually we reward customers that buy healthy food. And today we give 10% discount to customers buying fresh products with Nutri-Score A and B. So it means it's your fruits, your vegetables, your poultry, milk, fish. So a lot of categories that will help you to eat healthier and at the same time to give you back buying power. So if I understand you correctly, yes, you could say that junk food is cheaper and these kind of things. But what you want to say is that you want to educate consumers to make the healthier choice, which in the end is cheap and relevant as well. It's educate, but also to try to re reward the behavior. And the behavior is to move towards healthier food and to give buying power at the same time. If you can combine both, well, actually we can offer a very good solution for, for customers to, to keep uh, a good decision around uh, healthy food. Well, quite, quite interesting to actually add the health parameter in this uh, price equation. Um, but, but let's move on to, to a final part of, of this discussion and, and talk about digitalization. Um, you mentioned the digitalization that you, you do more solutions than, than, than products uh, orientation uh, lately. Um, how does Deleuze see the evolution of online shopping in the near future, especially in Belgium, where we've always been a little bit behind our, our neighbors? 
So you're right to say that we are a bit delayed in Belgium compared to the other countries. But what we I can also tell you is that on the four last years, we were able to multiply it by three our online sales, which is already a good, uh, a good step. What we see is that, as I said before, people are looking for solutions and people have less time and they want to be delivered home uh, and to have a sometimes similar experience to the, what, they, what they have in stores but they, they, they really want this service to be, uh, to be delivered home. And what we also see in our Acom sales is that we moved progressively from collect in stores to home delivery, which is today around 70% of our online sales. Um, so you see that there is a clear trend on, on that one, but if you go beyond the pure food retail, another example you see is the evolution of the meal boxes, for instance. Here also you see that customers get easy solutions, especially for families with easy meals and recipes delivered home. So I think um, online is not anymore a simple transaction, but rather an, an omni-channel connection with, uh, with customers. And it's very important to understand well your customers and to offer the uh, appropriate solution. For instance, we also have subscription models that are also a very nice example of what customers are looking for and how you can make them uh, loyal to your brand. So, so if I understand correctly, your, your digital customers and the physical one in stores should actually receive the same, the same experience and they're kind of the same, the less clients everywhere. Yes, of course, they are all uh, the less customers and we offer the same experience. But at the same time, uh, you, 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 you may have some differences because on one hand, you have the pure digital uh, customers. Okay. They are only looking for easy and efficient solutions. They are less press sensitive. They, they just want efficiency. But what we see is that most of the online customers are actually hybrid customers. Um, so they do the shopping online, but they also come to our stores. And in this case, these customers are entirely connected to the omni-channel experience. And uh, it's a real opportunity to interact and to connect easily with them because they are digital. Uh, of course, they are very demanding because they are looking for innovations and services, but also inspiration, good prices. Um, but the hyper-personalization in that case is the, is the key element uh, because uh, I personally don't believe anymore uh, to the one size fits all for the, for the, and especially for the young generation, you need this personalization. You need to know very well your, your customers in order to, to offer the best omnichannel strategy. And this is our target. Okay, and, and, and still on, on this digital story and, and the evolution there, um, there's one question that, that we will talk later on on and on Retail uh, by the end of the year, but uh, since I have you, I want to have to, I have to ask the question. It's about the last mile. Um, how do you see it evolve uh, in, in the near future? Is it going to be drones, uh, whatever robots, whatever you can find, or still what, what is the current solution that, that you see evolve uh, in the near future? Well, I see we, we I think we see a lot of uh, experiments on, the, on, the, on that side, on the, on the last mile delivery, but it's a key topic indeed in the, uh, in the online experience and not, um, not only on the operational aspects, but also because at the end, the last mile is the customer facing step, right? So it's the outcome of the experience of the, of the customers. And, uh, and it really depends on the, uh, on the industry. Uh, if you take the restaurants, for instance, with uh, services like Uber Eats or Deliveroo, that was a real revolution of the business model because customers were able to get food 
from one single platform from any restaurant they want in 30 minutes without booking. Yeah? Mm. In our industry, it's still a bit different. You have new players trying to play a role on the, on the last mile. So you see a bit channels are a bit blurred. Um, of course, it's a hot topic. Uh, and hot topic because there is also a profitability question on, uh, on that one. Delivering in 10 minutes, of course, it's a great USP. But uh, on the other hand, it needs to be very sustainable. If you well remember, one year ago, we were talking about Deliveroo, Gorilla, and all the expansion that these brands had. Um, and today, what we see is that they started stopping activities in some countries because it's simply not, uh, not sustainable anymore. So I think being the owner of the last mile is important because it means you are also the owner of your customer. You know your customer, you decide on the experience you want to offer. And of course you can also personalize. Um, but I think we are not yet at the, the end of the, of the system of the last mile because of course there's this question of uh, profitability. And of course you have drones, you have a lot of elements that are in test but there is not yet the perfect solution for, for that one. And this is also the reason why having hybrid customers online and offline is a profitable model for the future for me. Okay, good. Well, well uh, very clearly put. Uh, thank you for that. And um, I, I have one final question. Uh, if perhaps you have any last words or, or thoughts that you want to share with the, the audience and particularly with the manufacturers and suppliers who are listening to, to us today. Uh, well, I think it's important we, we all take our responsibilities to face the current crisis, right? Uh, it should not be a reason to divide ourselves, but rather uh, working together for the challenges we have ahead of us. Uh, the end customers are the customers of all of us, and we have a role to play in the way people eat and, uh, and behave. Uh, For me, the key element will be to not protect the very short term at the expense of the challenges we all have in the mid-long term. And I mean nutrition, sustainability, um, uh, farming, and uh, digital transformation. All these challenges are key for the future, and we need to, to really focus on um, in, uh, in the mid-long term. Okay, well, thank you for uh, that, that last thought. Uh, we, we could talk about all day uh, about retail and, and, and what you guys do at Belize, but sadly, we are limited in time. Uh, Alexandros, thank you very much for participating today and hope to talk to you another time. Thank you, Vincent. And that's all for this episode. As usual, if you want more retail stories, don't hesitate to check out the website 20centretail.com. On Friday, don't forget to listen to 20 Cent Headlines, where I rapidly update you on the latest retail stories. Till then, enjoy the rest of your week and thank you for listening.